Simcha's Torah is probably the most joyous day on the Hebrew calendar. So after celebrating seven days of Sukkot, and then Shemini Atzeres, we move on to dance with the Torah on Simcha's Torah. In the morning after, or the morning which we call Simcha's Torah, we read the final portion of the Torah, which is called Vizos HaBracha. Now it's interesting to note that every parsha of the 53 portions of the Torah are always read on a Shabbos, besides Zos HaBracha. The final portion in the Torah is the only portion that is not read on a Shabbos. It's read always on Simcha's Torah, which never falls out on a Shabbos. Which means that the power of the blessing of Zos HaBracha is so great that it does not require a Shabbos to give it additional blessing and strength. In other words, we are told that one of the reasons that a child is circumcised on the eighth day is because he has to go through a Shabbos. The Shabbos gives the child strength to be able to be circumcised. So therefore, if Zos HaBracha does not need the Shabbos, we can say that Zos HaBracha is so great and the blessing is so magnanimous that it does not require the Shabbos to give it that strength. The Zos HaBracha literally means this is the blessing. It's the blessing that Moses gives the Jewish people right before he dies. It's his last will and testimony. It's a blessing to all the tribes of Israel, from Ruvain all the way down to Benjamin, and it's a blessing for all generations to come. At the very beginning of the parasha, it starts off by saying the history of the Jewish people, how we receive the Torah, and it says, Vayoymer, and he says, Hashem b'sinai v'zorach mehar paron v'asa which means the Lord came from Sinai and shone forth from Seir to them. He appeared from Mount Paran and came with some of the holy myriads and from his right hand was a fiery law for them. In this one Pasuk, Moshe Rabbeinu puts forth the entire history of the Jewish people. And that is that God wanted and offered the Torah to the other nations of the world. But the other nations refused to accept the Torah. He first went to the uh, nation of Ishmael, the Arab nation. He asked Ishmael, do you want the Torah? Ishmael said, tell me God, what does it say in the Torah? God says, in the Torah it says you cannot commit adultery. Yishmael says, I don't want the Torah. We thrive on adultery. And then he goes to Esav, which today is Rome. And he asked Esav, do you want the Torah? And Esav said, God, tell me what it says in the Torah. God says, it says you are not allowed to commit murder. Murder! Forget about it. We murder all the time. 
Finally, God is homeless in the desert. And the Jewish people see God and say, God, what can we do for you? And God tells the Jewish people, I have this Torah nobody wants. The Jewish people say, We will do the Torah and then we will understand the Torah. And therefore, God chooses the Jewish people after the Jewish people choose God. We find this terminology of Eshdos, that God gave them a fiery law. Now in the Torah, the word Eshdos is actually one word. Yet we read it Eshdos as two words. In other words, it's called a Kri and a Ksiv. And throughout the Torah, throughout the five books of Moses, we find various occasions that the Torah has this Kri and Ksiv. In other words, it is written one way, but it's pronounced another way. So the Kri is Eish Das, two separate words, a fiery law. The Ksiv, the way it's written is Eish Das, as one word. So why the discrepancy? Furthermore, Rashi comes along and says, why does it mean a fiery law? Says Rashi that the Torah was written before God, black fire on white fire. What does it mean, black fire on the top of white fire? And to this we find a very beautiful interpretation from the Alter Rebbe. The Rebbe writes like this. There are two ways of looking at this. From a teacher to a student standpoint and a student to a teacher standpoint. A teacher has the subject in his mind very clear. But for the teacher to give it over to the student, to the disciple, the teacher must concentrate this concept into small little bite-sized pieces so that the student can understand what the teacher wants to convey. For the teacher, the knowledge is white, light, white fire. But then when he has to give it over to the disciple by the fact that he has to condense it, it becomes black fire for the teacher. The student is the reverse. When the student hears the teacher talk, he says, wow, that's amazing, that's beautiful. For the student it becomes white fire. But then the student realizes that the teacher's holding back. There's more concepts, or there are hints to deeper ideas, and these concepts are black fire, because it's beyond the student's comprehension. So God writes the Torah black fire on top of white fire. He is writing the Torah for us. And therefore, he has to condense it for us. And what we see is the black fire. But really, for us, this is the white fire because we really understand it. And the black fire is the level beyond our comprehension. So with this in mind, Al-Tarebbe explains an interesting concept. Every day in davening, we say the bracha, Yoitzer or God, you form light and you create darkness. 
When we say the words Yoitzer Oyer, we kiss our hand filling. When we say the words Uvoire Choyshech, and you create darkness, we touch our head filling. The Rebbe goes on to explain why. We know that there are basically four worlds Atzilus, the world of emanation, which is beyond creation. Then the first world is called Bria, when he starts to create the worlds. But the world of Bria primarily is a world of intellect. Then he goes into the world of Yitzira, which is the world of formation, which is the world of speech. Then he goes into the world of Asiya, which is the world of action. So in the world of Bria, we say, He creates darkness. For that world is beyond our comprehension. It's God's intellect. We don't know God's intellect. And therefore we say, King David tells us God sits in darkness. In other words, we cannot grasp that level of understanding. However, when he goes into the next world, when he goes into the world of formation, the world of speech, when he gives over the concepts to us, this becomes light. This is the white fire that we are able to comprehend. And therefore, we touch our hand, fill in when we say, Yoitzer or, when we say, God, you form light, because the hand, fill in represents a signet ring that is encarved or depressed, which goes in. And therefore, it represents a vessel that we are able to understand and take in God's words. However, the tefillin of the head, we know, has two shins that come out. And that represents a, a signet ring that is embossed, alluding to a light that is beyond our comprehension. So now, perhaps we can say this is the meaning of the words Eish Dos. Eish is a fire. Dos is a law. Law is something that we must do if we want to or not. This is the law. I, I disagree. I don't want to do it. I don't like to do it. It doesn't matter. God says this is the law we have to follow. Ash, fire, is something which is bright. This is comprehension. For man, there's a difference between the white light, which we comprehend, and the dark light, or the dark fire, which we cannot comprehend, which we therefore call law. For us, it's two separate things. And therefore, in the Torah, we say, Eish Das. There's the white fire and the black fire. There's a level of comprehension and the level that we don't understand. When it comes to God, however, Eish Das is one thing. For God understands everything. He understands the black fire and He understands the white fire. Which brings us to the holiday of Simchas Torah. Simchas Torah, we dance with a closed Sefer Torah. And everybody dances together. We become the feet of the Torah. The Torah is joyous. We just finished reading the whole Torah. And it wants to dance, but it has no feet. So we become the feet of the Torah. But yet we don't dance with an open Torah. We dance with a closed Torah. 
implying, number one, that all Jews are equal when it comes to Torah. There are those who know more, there are those who know less. But the Torah was given to each and every one of us as an inheritance. And therefore belongs to us completely, fully, the whole thing. Number two is, we dance with a closed Torah to remind us that there are things in the Torah that are closed to us. They are hidden. We don't yet understand. And therefore, we start reading the Torah anew again. Because this year, the things that were closed to me last year will become opened. And so the black fire that was beyond my comprehension now becomes the white fire. And each year, the black fire that I could not comprehend now becomes more closer to my heart, closer to my mind, and therefore, once again, it becomes white fire. And this is the spiral staircase of knowledge, how every year I go higher and higher. This concept of V'zoyz HaBracha and Simchus Torah is an unbridled joy. Chassidus says the reason why the joy is so great is because in truth, if you look into the Torah, there is no holiday as Simchas Torah. Simchas Torah is a minhag. It's a minhag, a custom that we, the Jewish people, created. And therefore, the joy is unlimited. Because a law, a mitzvah, is something that God gives us. And therefore, we have to do it. So God says... Keep the holiday of Sukkot and eat in a hut for seven days. Okay, God, I will follow your mitzvah. Now, even though Sukkot is a man simchaseinu, it's a joyous mitzvah. But when you tell me I have to be joyous, automatically my joy is incomplete because I have to follow the law. Maybe I don't want to be joyous today. Maybe I want to go to sleep. Maybe I'm in a bad mood today, but I have to be joyous, so I will be joyous. But the joyous is now a limited joy. That is the joy of a mitzvah. Then there's a greater joy, which is the joy of a rabbinic commandment. A commandment that the rabbis made. For example, the holiday of Purim. Purim is a very, very joyous holiday. It's a holiday that we created to show God we thank you for saving us, but it was still a rabbinic holiday. So therefore, it is also some sort of a law. The joy is greater than the average joy, but it's somewhat contained. Simchas Torah is a joy that we, the people, created for the people. It's our holiday. Nobody forced us to do it. We want to do it. And therefore, the joy is unlimited. The joy is unbridled. And we take this joy of Simchas Torah, and it becomes now the mitochondria of joy for the entire year. That every single day of the year, we are able to access this joy of Simchas Torah. We are told that the 48 hours of Shemini Yatzeres and Simchas Torah is very, very important. These 48 hours are the same 48 hours that we find on Rosh Hashanah. Because Rosh Hashanah 
and Simchas Torah always fall out to be the same two days of the week. So this year, for example, it was Thursday and Friday. Rosh Hashanah was Thursday and Friday, and Shemir Yatzer Simchas Torah is Thursday and Friday. Because, as the Hasidic masters explain, what one cannot accomplish on Rosh Hashanah with tears, you can accomplish on Simchas Torah with joy. So therefore, every moment of these 48 hours of Simchas Torah impact the entire year. Just like Rosh Hashanah is called the head of the year, not the beginning of the year. Why? Because just like the head controls the whole body and gives vitality to the whole body, so too the 48 hours of Rosh Hashanah direct and give vitality to the entire year. Similarly, Simchas Torah, these 48 hours of joy impact and direct the outcome of the entire year. So we create our destiny. We make it happen. By being joyous these 48 hours, we can impact the entire year. Joy has a very, very unique quality. As the Rebbe Rishab explains, Simcha Poyetz Geder. Joy breaks through all boundaries. So therefore, if we want to break through our personal boundaries, if we want to break through our communal boundaries, if we want to break through the boundaries of exile, we have to increase in joy. The Rebbe once said that the word Mashiach is made up of two words, Sameach Yud. Sameach is joyous, and Yud, the letter Yud, represents ten. If a person is joyous with all ten faculties of his soul and body, the three intellectual attributes and the seven emotional attributes, then he has Mashiach, or she has Mashiach. And when more Jews are joyous on Simchas Torah, we are able to access not only our personal Mashiach, but also the universal Mashiach, and bring about the coming of Mashiach now.